Hey everyone, Chris here, and I am proud to bring you this sneak peek of Leaps Elsewhere, another one of our Patreon-exclusive shows in which we talk about other films and TV shows that have starred Scott Bakula or Dean Stockwell. And we started out with Allison's favorite, I-Man. I-Man was a failed pilot that Scott Bakula did in 1986, and it was his first TV project ever. So we had a blast talking about it. We hope that you enjoy listening to it. And when the sneak peek is over, stick around. I will tell you how you can become a Patreon subscriber and hear the rest of it, as well as the other Patreon bonus content that we're producing. Enjoy! Tonight on the Disney Sunday Movie. Dad, he's coming back. Jeffrey Wilder is now an indestructible man. I'm never gonna die. An inseparable father and son suddenly become indestructible tigers. I'm just like you. Self-like suicide. I'm the only one who can save the world, so here I am. We'll pick our next. What are you worried about? Yours is indestructible. This is over. I think you should have a complete physical. I'm at on the Disney Sunday movie. Way to go, Dad! Good evening. My name is Michael Eisner, and welcome to the Disney Sunday movie. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to be indestructible? Just think. Nothing could hurt you. You could play football without a helmet. You could feed an alligator by hand. You could look forward to flu season, or you could eat the food in the school cafeteria. In tonight's movie, I Man, let's watch what happens when an indestructible family tries to foil an evil plot to turn San Francisco into a parking lot. Lights, please. Hey guys, welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast. For some reason, I got put in charge of this one. Hope you're ready for a good time. <laughs> it's it's not for some reason, it's for a very good reason. Yes. <laughs> very good reason. Chris hates this movie, that's why. Chris didn't want to take the reins. I'm going to spoil it now. Chris did not have a good time with this one. Do, do we know this for a fact? Do, do we already know Chris hates this? Okay. Look, let me let me let me give you uh, some perspective. Um I know Allison loves this movie. So she's already more qualified to run this show than I am. There we go. Well, let's explain uh, for the people listening what we're doing here. Um, this is a uh, another uh, Patreon exclusive we're doing called Leaps Elsewhere, uh, where we talk about uh, different projects that Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell were involved in. So today, we decided to uh, take a leap back into 1986. That was uh, Scott Bakula's very first project, wow. very first movie or anything. Um, he did some commercials, stuff before that, uh, Broadway, other such things. Uh, but this was his big break. <laughs> it's a, a little movie called I-Man, an unsold pilot, uh, which aired like many unsold pilots did on the magical world of Disney. <laughs> Quick breakdown of this movie. Um, he is Jeffrey Wilder, uh, your average horny taxi cab driver. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, accidentally inhales some space gas and uh, gains the ability to regenerate, which uh, leads to NASA slash uh, the government slash question mark uh, hiring him <laughs> so that he can uh, get this weapon back from an eccentric millionaire hanging out in the X-Men mansion. I think that's about the, the whole thing. I don't say this very often, but hijinks definitely ensue. Oh, definitely. There are hijinks to be had. Uh, you know what? I think they're kind of middling jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Average jinx ensue. 
Um, yeah, so I'm glad that this is the thing that we started with <laughs> for uh, Leaps Elsewhere. Me too! Yeah, well, I guess we should... I See, I have a history with this movie. This is something I have done a, a movie nights on. It was my 50th special. Um, it was uh, at about an hour long. Uh, talked about it quite extensively. I've seen this movie so many times. An embarrassing amount of times, actually. <laughs> I love it so much. I want to get... <laughs> Your thoughts on this? Uh, let's start with Matt. <laughs> I, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I, I get it. Um, what, what, no, no, no. Hang on, bear with me. What, what I don't get is, I think, and I might be wrong, Alison, but I, I think you're, you're going to go down the route this evening of it's so bad, it's good. Um, Chris <laughs> is going to go down the route of it sucks. <laughs> I think it's a fun film. I, I actually really enjoyed it, and not just because it was bad. I just thought it was a good film. Oh, man. I love it. Um, no, yeah, I know. But, Alison, when you say you love something, it's usually got a guy running around with a diaper on or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or lasers firing out of rock stars' eyes. Or, uh, Look, it's hard to reach the heights of diaper monkey, but... No, um, th- yeah. <laughs> this was the... I've not seen it before. I've, I've heard of it, and I it's been on my list to watch for many years, so I'm, I'm so glad to have had the excuse to watch it. But, yeah, my, my first impressions... There's a few duff moments in it. Um, <laughs> you see? Duff, you see. what a good adjective. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I actually ended up watching it quite seriously. And and enjoying it as a you know a, a fun little eighties action film. Awesome. Well, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> now's your time to jump in. You loved it. It sucks. Back to you, Allison. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, just to prove Matt wrong, I do have um, thoughts. Many a thought about this movie. Maybe I should preface with the fact that I am largely unfamiliar with. Uh, both Scott and Dean's work outside of Quantum Leap. So this is a movie that I had never even heard of until I started, you know, chat with you guys, and especially you, Allison. Mm-hmm. I know how much you love it, and I think I saw <laughs> the first five minutes of it one day after you mentioned it, and I said, oh, I got to watch this. It has a lot of potential. And I have watched it now, and it's not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was all right, but... It's got a lot of problems, and I don't know that I'd be able to go with the it's so bad, it's good um, route. Matt, you're right on that one. But, uh, yeah, we, we can discuss it. All right, well, all right, one scene in particular. Let me, let me know how this read to you guys. Okay. <laughs> so after he's at his son's football game. Yes. And the mm-hmm. NASA van... Carrying the space gas, right. as you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, there's, a, there's a car careens out of control uh, in the rain, um, knocks the, the NASA van into the football field, um, and uh, Scott Bakula's got to rescue the guy, and then he, he jumps in to go get the space canister of space gas, <laughs> and it blows up uh, right as his son is watching. That, that, that is a lightweight van suspiciously not being, like... Uh, with a police patrol in front of it, considering that it's got space gas in it. I, I, it's one one of the movie's very few flaws. So, <laughs> I, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> what did you think of the delivery of the line from the kid afterwards, though? Aww, the dad, aww, no! Dad! <laughs> dad, you done blown up! <laughs> yeah, it's, 
I have. Th- I already have so many problems. So many problems. <laughs> jo- Joey Kramer was just on his way to stardom. Then bless him. It, it was. It was early for him. Who is Joey Kramer now? What? Who is Joey Kramer these days? You say what? what? Oh, is that the uh, well, the flight of the navigator kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean that that I think was pretty much where his career started and ended. But still, at this point, his very brief career was on its way. <laughs> you know what? He would. He, there was some uh, some dodgy acting in this movie from him, but I don't think that he's a bad actor. I think like a, a lot of them kind of seem stiff, and they're not. I mean, Scott Bakula seems stiff in this, and we know Scott Bakula is a great actor. Yeah, that that was the kid from Flight of the Navigator, yeah. which is a very weird movie, but I thought he Love was uh, excellent in that movie. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. I keep thinking what? of the one where the kid uh, is good at the video game, and then he becomes like a space pilot. Which one is that? Last Starfighter. Okay, that's the one I'm thinking of. So he wasn't in The Last Starfighter. I've never seen Flight of no. the Navigator. So. I've never seen Last Starfighter, so well, that's, that's okay. Well, <laughs> Right. They're both good movies. Yes. But okay, so someone explained to me. I loved the opening of this movie. I love the hmm. fact that we got footage of uh, Spatial Columbia. Yeah. You know, mo- moment of that silence. That was cool. For... You, lo- you loved it because it was stock footage of space? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was a nice big way to open it. We're going to disagree on so many points in this movie. <laughs> I like the stock footage of space because yeah. they tried to give it some kind of um, sense of, I don't know, the movie tried to be very big. In a lot of its set pieces, it had a lot of like really elaborate set pieces, a lot mm-hmm. of really elaborate action scenes, and they really, I think, the tried, action was very good. Yeah, they tried to make it like into a big movie. So to start out in space with them retrieving this satellite um, with Columbia stock footage, even though it, I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this already. So we're all agreed then. This is a great movie. Uh, <laughs> see you guys next week. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but then the satellite has been Aww. lost for how many years? Where was the satellite going? I mean, it, it returned to low Earth orbit so Columbia could come and grab it. And it's filled with space gas from a planet's atmosphere. What planet? Did Is it an exoplanet? Did it go outside of the solar system and come back like V'ger? Like, what is it? It, yeah, oh, the it, backstory of this is so flimsy and unexplained. <laughs> the fact that it's alien space gas has shit all to do with anything. It doesn't matter. You've, you've got, like... 85 minutes to to squeeze the plot in. Some stuff doesn't matter. We don't need to know. Oh, 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 there was so much filler in this movie. We could have had a lot more plot. Anyway. (laughs) It would have gone all uh, Greatest American Hero and really gotten into the Uh, deep lore of it had this been picked up for series. I guess, maybe, but... It's fun to imagine what they would have done with this. My favorite imagining of a plot that they would have done had this become I-Man the series would be, like, if you if you chop him in half, does he regenerate <laughs> into two Scott Baculas? <laughs> and then you could have, like, one evil one and one good one. Well, they did use the, they did use the example of a starfish, and isn't that what happens when you chop a starfish in half? Right, And so I'm yeah. thinking, is he more Logan, or is he more um, Deadpool? Which one is it? We'll never know. I don't know. It's like he just regenerates. That's his entire power is that he regenerates. He has no other discernible skills. None. So he's basically Wolverine. Shitty Wolverine. (laughs) The first thing that he does, his first power that manifests itself is the ability to crossfade from horribly burned. (laughs) (laughs) Like the old Wolfman special effects. (laughs) Well, what were you expecting? Uh, Listen, Bill Bixby 
into Lou Ferrigno and back was a lot more realistic than what we saw on <laughs> You know what? I don't think the gore makeup was too bad. And this was surprisingly nice. gory for a, for a Disney feature. Yeah. This would have been a series based around Scott Bakula being gorily injured every week in order for... His power is just he sucks, but he doesn't die. That's his skill set. <laughs> and it was such a gruesome origin. I mean, third degree burns all over his body, blowing up in front of his kid. And then they just play it off. It was just it was just the weirdest, most gruesome origin for this lighthearted fair. Hmm. Or anyway, what it turned out to be a lighthearted fair. But it was Oh my god. <laughs> where where do you start? There's so many VHS covers of this that use for some reason his like Freddy Krueger makeup on the front. It makes it look like it's Phantom of the Opera or something. <laughs> I'm guessing that's going to bring people in. There's right? one in particular I'm trying to to find that was like it was a German VHS where it's just his head floating in the sky. It's bizarre. <laughs> Well, can I say my my actual favorite, favorite scene of the first 10 minutes is not the van crashing, not the blow up, not the origin, but when they get the space gas, um, I guess, off of Columbia, and then they're running it down a hall, and it's shot like every show that's ever done someone running to, like, uh, have a baby. Is the space gas pregnant? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, the space gas is about to give birth. It was just the weirdest, the weirdest sort of camera Time angle. Time the space contractions. <laughs> it's drama. It's tense. Why are they running this space gas? Like, why is there such a rush to run into this stupid van? <laughs> <laughs> they have a severe misunderstanding of what NASA does in this movie. There's so many things. Like, NASA's got the space gas. They got the van where they're taking it. So and then all of a sudden, they're in charge of some super laser weapon. And, I, like, what is happening? Well, who else would be in charge of a super laser weapon and some space gas? In real life. <laughs> Were they NASA? This was very unclear to me. Were they NASA or a separate organization? I, you know what? They were the ISA, the Internal Security Agency, and I guess maybe they were working in tandem with NASA. How's that? This is uh, like via uh, uh, like a, um, a Phoenix Foundation or FLAG, if you will, an independent organization working with them? No, because obviously I think they were a government organization too. Because internal security. This is the parts where I started, like, tuning out a little bit when they get into the government stuff. They have, I think, the weakest scene when, um... This is when the laser weapon gets stolen. They're transporting it via train. Yes. And then you get all, like, the military people watching it. It's so slow. And then I guess, like, eccentric millionaire guy steals it via, like, an, an Acme cartoon scheme. Like, paints a tunnel on the side <laughs> and then it goes through. I don't know how it would do that because there's no track leading into it, but somehow it works. Uh, I, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out too because the train just disappears. And this is when I first saw it. Wow, they have some budget here because they have the helicopter in the air and it's actually following this train. And this to me is too specific to be stock footage. So yeah. they really did, you know, go all out to, to give this sort of a sense of, uh, I don't know, uh, scope, right? And then it goes into a tunnel and it doesn't come out the other side. It just disappears. And I'm thinking, oh, great. This is very sci-fi. This is amazing. And then they, they grab Scott Bakula in. I'm sorry. They grab Jeffrey. Jeffrey in to, to you know, to Jeffrey save. Wilder. To wild Wilder. and crazy guy. <laughs> to save the day. And they say that they found the conductor and the personnel tied up in the tunnel. A la, like, I don't know, Penelope Pitstop or uh, <laughs> who's the, uh, anyway. But 
like, so what happened to the fucking train? Like, how did the train disappear? The helicopter's on one end. Supposedly, it went into that tunnel, despite there being no track leading into it. It doesn't lead into anything. No, no, it was, no, because they were waiting for it to come out the other side. So it just went into the tunnel and never came out the other side. So somehow, the eccentric millionaire... No, there was like a side tunnel. I didn't even hear anything about that. That's what I was talking about. There's like they there's a tunnel on the side that was hidden that it went through, but there's no track leading into that part of the, like the <laughs> secondary tunnel. It was like a it was like a cartoon where like the you know the roadrunner and the coyote he paints a tunnel on the side of the thing and all magically it goes through. You guys are moaning about production values. It's like you've never seen an '80s TV movie before. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? I, that's not even a production value issue. That's just a, lo- a logic issue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did think this had like good production value. Um, I was really impressed with the stunts, and I think I didn't really understand how impressive they were until after I'd done that that video. Because watching it back, the stunts with the uh, the helicopter and the semi and that whole chase going on where he's like hanging off the side. Yeah, yeah. Like, that stunt guy is just jumping onto the side of that semi. You, like, mm. you can't hide a stunt bag doing that. Like, there's a lot of very impressive, dangerous stunts. And um, I looked up, too, who the stunt guy was uh, playing um, Scott Bakula's stuntman, and uh, he was involved with Twilight Zone the movie. He was yeah. involved during that helicopter scene. Oh, the one that killed the actors? Yeah. It was wow. like, man, this guy's been in some crazy stuff. 80s stunt guys just didn't care. <laughs> they went totally Indiana Jones with this one. I mean, that, that whole truck scene was a direct lift off of Raiders. When, uh, when Indy is, is getting the truck away from the Nazis when he steals the Ark. And I couldn't believe how dangerous it all looked because that guy is really hanging off that door. It didn't look like there was any kind of, you know, safety measure that could protect against some kind of accidents. And I guess maybe that's the whole idea. There's probably millions of them that I don't know the tricks of the trade, but it was very impressive. Like sometimes uh, with stunts like that when they're like clinging to a door or you know hanging off a helicopter or whatever usually they'll have like a a stunt cable like attached to their belt that's attached to the car or Mm. you know whatever but there are a lot of shots when he's hanging off the rope ladder where i don't see any sort of stunt cable or anything he doesn't seem to be attached to it in a way that's obvious to me it kind of feels like they didn't have it and then when he's jumping onto that semi from the side of that hill like, you can see the road next to it. There's no st- stunt bags or anything. If he didn't make that landing, he's going to be hitting the asphalt. <laughs> well, it's a good thing he, he stuck the landing, huh? Right? Yeah, that was something else. I mean, and it came after – I mean, we, we'll get there, but it's just uh, – just – did I man have the worst fucking powers ever? <laughs> it's not a bad power. It's just he has no skills to go with it, and they act like he does. Like, they're like, we need you because, like, you can never die, so you can help get through, like, you could fight armies or do this stuff. And it's like, that doesn't mean he can't get captured and just get stuck in a dungeon forever or can't, like, (laughs) he doesn't have any, like, skill set to go with it. They keep saying he has all these rando jobs that help him, but he was, like, bad at all of them. (laughs) So, I don't know. And that's in this one, Sam is Al. 
he's had every job under the sun yeah. in his background, no matter what comes up. I was a hairdresser. I was a taxi driver. I was an air traffic controller. I was, what? The army <laughs> like, wouldn't take me. Yeah. He couldn't take the stress of being a hairdresser? I'm so confused. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that was horny. That was horny, uh, Jeffrey. He did that to meet women. But he wasn't very good yeah. at it because he was just thinking with his penis, I guess. Yeah. yeah, they seem to have this thing in 80s Scott Bakula projects where they really wanted to push him as, like, the ladies' man goofball. Like, hey, I'm just into the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> he does it so well. Does he? Well, yeah, all right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. It seems really out of character for him. And I struggled with... Was it because it's just not right for him and he wasn't playing it well? Or is it just because I'm so used to seeing him as Sam? And I, I don't know if I ever came to a conclusion on that. It's because it's corny. <laughs> it's, it is corny, but he he kind of does corny quite well. Yeah. he's. I mean, yeah. I think I've gotten like more used to the 80s stuff as I've seen more of it. Um, because he does that kind of shtick a lot. Yeah. But... It took me a while. The first time I watched like an 80s Bacula thing, it might have been this even. I was like, what? This is embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, him being... I think, no, it was the Infiltrator. That was the one that was... But that one, he kept doing a bunch of impressions and stuff. That's something they didn't really do in this one that I think helped it. Because uh, I think Scott Bakula like, was really like leaning into the comedian angle back then. Hmm. He auditioned for SNL. Oh, did, did he you know really? No. No, no idea. Someone out there has a tape of this audition, wow. but I've never been able to get a like a hold of it. Like just a bunch of like Bacula fans circulating it. I I would pay good money yeah. to see this <laughs> SNL edition. But he would do a lot of like impressions and stuff. He would do like the Woody Woodpecker that he did on uh, <laughs> on Quantum Leap, yeah. and uh, there was like Flintstones and Star Trek quotes and stuff. And they oh. anyway, they didn't really do it in this which i think helped a lot because i do think he had some scenes where it was very grounded in something yeah and i think that despite the the extreme 80sness of of this script and of this production i think he was in general a good fit for the material i think he was cast yeah. right as jeffrey i didn't have as many problems with it as i thought i would because in seeing him especially like on enterprise when he has to act mad like Scott can't, mm -hmm. he just can't do mad. But in this one, he was sort of earnest and goofy, and those are his strengths. Yeah. And I think that they were able to play to his strengths more than his weaknesses in this film. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, <laughs> what? Okay. First of all, you knew that they had the eye candy. I, I swear to God, Beverly Burgess wrote this script because mm -hmm. he was shirtless. I, a good, oh, yeah, he was. one third of the movie. Yeah. His very first project, and they're like, get that shirt off. <laughs> okay, so we're going to leave it there. Hopefully that piqued your interest enough to go check out our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Podcast. That's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once there, you'll see the membership tiers. And for just $5 a month, that's the Leaper level, you can get great bonus content like this on a regular basis. And if you already are a Patreon supporter, thank you very much. We couldn't do it without you. See you next time.